I um, wanted to start off this morning. I, I told Tony, I'm, I'm really excited about having Tony join us today, but I wanted to point out before we have him jump on here in just a moment that I had never heard the story about Barry that he shared on the call Monday borrowing $50,000 against his home in 1994 to start his lead generation system. Now, understand something. When he borrowed 50094 guys, that was a lot of money. In 94, you could buy half a house for that. In some neighborhoods, you could buy a home for 50000 He had no guarantee, but he had a lot of faith. And that faith was based on a friend of his by the name of John Kraft, and I know John. And this was a brand-new industry, a brand-new concept. Everything about it was brand-new. And at that time, the reason Barry needed $50,000, there was no one out there to say, hey, um, leads are $50 a piece, I'll sell them to you. That did not exist. So they literally, or he literally had to get the money and go out, hire people to go to the courthouses to gather the data to mail. And one of the mail houses they use to this day, as he mentioned on the call, is the one he started with. But they literally, we had somebody came in to the courthouse in Charlottesville, gathered the data in Fredericksburg, gathered the data so we had something to mail. Now, Equus is a business opportunity. If you're a one agent running business for yourself, that is your business. And, um, you know, the lifeblood of your business is leads. Others are building a team. And I, I, one of the questions I'd like to ask each of you today is if you were given a, the opportunity today to buy a food franchise, I don't care which one it is, just name it, and all you had to put up in terms of cap excuse me, capital, was enough money to buy the food for the first two weeks. That's all. You just had to buy the food, and then the food after that was going to be paid for off the receipts from the previous week, and you were in business. How many people would probably do that? Now, I'm not interested in getting the fast food business, and you may not be either, but I think we can all agree that's a pretty good deal, okay? Um, now, our leads are the food for that business. They're the food for our business. And Rob Jones, what prompted this with me this past week, Rob Jones had done some uh, spreadsheet work and discovered they had about the same number of agents doing, spending more than $1,000 a week for leads. Those agents averaged 5.5 applications per week submitted for an average of $6,600 in premium. Now, I'm guessing... If those agents were doing a thousand a week, they're probably at an eighty or ninety percent contract. So let's say they're at say eighty percent. Eighty percent of sixty six hundred dollars, guys, is about five thousand dollars in income. Conversely, the agent spending less than a thousand a week averaged two point seven apps per week for about twenty five hundred dollars in premium. So we can see real quick here. The more food we have in our pipeline, the better chance we have of making the income. And over the next several weeks, we're going to be highlighting the idea of business ownership a little bit more because I think we will look differently at the leads if we think along that line looking at it as a business rather than just an expense on leads. Now, I wanted to introduce Tony this morning. Um, We've known Tony for a number of years. He worked with us at a couple of different marketing companies, um, started a church, and was drawn away to, to build his church. 
and the opportunity for him to get back in the business presented itself, and he has done that. The reason, a lot of reasons I wanted Tony on the call today, but uh, great person, great guy that cares about people, but he comes with a lot of sales training from um, his careers prior to getting uh, into the pastorate, and I wanted him to share this morning some of the training that he's received over the years. And guys, take some notes. Uh, you're going to go back and listen to this again, but take some notes and so that you can kind of get a framework of what he's going to share with you because this is going to change how you approach things and it's going to change your success rate. So Tony, uh, share with us today some of the things that you feel will help our team uh, grow and become more efficient at what they do. Well, good morning, Dick, and good morning, Sylvester team. Uh, it is an honor to be here with everybody today. Uh, whether you all know it or not, we are part of the Sylvester team. Dick and Connie Sylvester have been in and around this industry since nearly the beginning of it. Um, and what a privilege it is that you all would invite me to be a part of the, uh, the call today. Uh, I love being a part of your team. Dick Sylvester can write the book, and he probably should, on how to make this make sense to all of the families that we service. Uh, I want to shout out real quick to, to David Crocker and the Zookeeper and Johnny Brooks and Elvira and Marsha. Uh, all these folks are leaders, and it's just an honor for me to be here and to be uh, contributing to our team like this. Uh, you know, you talk about what Barry was talking about on the phone uh, or on the call Monday. Um, when I was in the mortgage business, I lived at the courthouse. I know what it's like to pull those title deeds uh, for real estate and to get the names and addresses of those clients and the mortgage companies and the, and the mortgage amounts. I used to do that for two or three days a week for hours every day, and then I would go back to my office and manually input that into a, uh, a, a Word document, and we, we released 100 letters, 150 letters every week. I know the pain of that courthouse experience. <laughs> and so uh, when Barry was talking about that, I had a flashback and a nightmare later that night. Uh, but uh, I wanted to kind of reduce it to the ridiculous of the life of a lead, right? So a customer buys a house or they refinance their mortgage. In the next 30 to 45 days, maybe even 60 days, they're going to get 20, 30, 40 letters in the mail. And so for whatever reason, the customer um, likes what they see in that Equus letter about mortgage protection, whether it's the death benefit, foreclosure protection, living benefits, whatever it is, the customer is prompted to take action. What is that action? Well, they write their name, they write their date of birth, they write their phone number, they write the best time to call, they give us their date of birth, and then they sign the bottom of that letter uh, saying, have somebody call me. But that's not the end of the action. They actually fold it up, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it, and they carry it to the mailbox, and they mail it back. Uh, why am I reducing it to the ridiculous? Because these leads are not pieces of paper. These are families who have taken an action, and now they're expecting somebody to call them. Uh, so my mindset is 
my role with this lead is I'm not the insurance agent um, who's going to call and prospect this customer. My role with this lead is this family has asked for our help. My role is I'm the state licensed field underwriter assigned to handle this request. That's my mindset. So when I got the lead in, uh, I would call the family, and I would say, hello, Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, whoever it was. My name is Tony Bates. I'm calling about your loan with Wells Fargo uh, over there at 123 Easy Street. You'd send in a letter requesting information about mortgage protection. I am the state licensed field underwriter assigned to handle your request. Before I get you that information, I need to verify a couple of things. And then I go right in and I start to verify in the letter you indicated that your date of birth is 9371. Uh, do you use tobacco in any way? And then I just start with what I do. Because in, this, in my mindset, this lead has asked for my help, and in order for me to get them the help they've requested, I have to verify a couple of things and get just a little bit more information. Uh, so these leads are not a cost to my business. They're an investment, and that's a different mindset because if I'm going to invest in my business, then I'm going to expect a return on my investment. Uh, now, we know that 7 out of 10 A leads um, will, will uh, produce a revenue for us, right? The, the trick is we don't know which seven, so we've got to call all ten uh, to, to set up the appointment. And whether it's eyeball to eyeball or virtual, we still have to do the activity from the proper mindset. Um, so words matter. In my world, uh, words matter. Um, there are certain words that have negative connotations to them, words like appointment. If I'm calling to set up an appointment, I'm probably going to the doctor, to the dentist, to an attorney. Um, I'm probably setting up something that has kind of a negative connotation to it. So um, when, I'm, when I'm doing this, I never set up appointments. I always set up a time for me to stop by and visit or a time for me to drop off this information. Even though I know it's an appointment, I never want to set that up. I want to stay away from words that... Um, have negative connotations to it. So once I get to the appointment, I don't use words like your monthly payments are. I use phrases like uh, it'll run you about or just under. You know, if the payment is $39.95, I'm not going to say $39.95. I'm going to say just under $40. Uh, but when we're talking about the return of premium, I blow that number way up. Any money coming away from the client, I want to make it as small as possible, but every number coming back to the client, the return of premium or the cash back offer, then I want to, you know, $34,711.25. I want that number to be as big as possible in, in the client's mindset. Uh, and, and when I'm talking to the customer, I'm always talking from the perspective that I'm a state-licensed field underwriter my job is to show you what it is, what it does, what it costs, and to help you fill out the paperwork. That's it in a nutshell. Uh, and, and so when I'm approaching it from a helps perspective, I'm just trying to help families. I'm not an insurance agent trying to sell a policy. I am a state-licensed field underwriter, and my job is to help as many families who took the time to write their name, write their phone number, write their date of birth, 
signed the letter, give me the best time to call. They folded that letter. They put it in the mail. They put a, they put a stamp on it, mailed it back to us. That family, I can assume pretty safely, that family is interested. So now it's my job to answer all of their questions, show them what it is and what it does, what it costs, answer their questions, and to help them fill out the paperwork. Everything comes from a helps perspective, and that's a customer knows when they're being sold. Everybody wants to buy. Nobody wants to be sold. That's a big key. Write that down. Everybody wants to buy. Nobody wants to be sold. And so when you're, when you're talking to the customer, you know, and you're setting up a time to stop by and visit or to drop this information off to you, um, when I get to the home, uh, I'm 6'3", 200 and too much, right? So when I ring the doorbell, I step back from the door, you know, five, six paces. I don't want, you know, somebody to answer the door who's five foot tall to feel like, you know, Andre the Giant just showed up at their house. You know, so I'm going to step back, and I'm going to make this as comfortable as possible. I smile a lot. I look at people right in their eyes. I'm actually looking at the bridge of their nose, but I'm, it feels like I'm looking in their eyes, right? And I, I'm smiling a lot. My style is I, I'm a golden retriever personality. I wag my tail, and I just want you to like me. You know, that's, that's my personality. I shake hands with folks, and, hey, it's good to see you. Finally, great to put a face with a name. Um, thank you for carving out some time to visit with me today. Uh, if they've got a piano in the house, I'm a piano player, uh, and so is Crocker. He's phenomenal, by the way. Uh, but if they've got a piano in the house, hey, you mind if I play? I play a little bit, and, and I'll, I'll hit a stroke or two on the, on the piano. And I'm just building rapport. But when it comes time for me to get knee to knee, uh, kneecap to kneecap, as you will, uh, then I make my way to their table. I don't really ask. You know, if they've got a spot on the couch, you know, I'm 6'3", 200 too much. I may not get off this couch. Is it okay if we move to the table and I just take off walking? Because here's the rule. If you walk, they will follow, right? So uh, if you walk and talk, and then uh, I, always, I always like to set them side by side. I never like to do a one-legged appointment, which means the wife or the husband is there by themselves. I always like to have them both there. And I like to set them on my right side because I'm left-handed. When I write, I write upside down. I'm weird. I know that. Uh, but I don't want to write with my back towards them. I want to write facing them. And so whether it's an, uh, if I'm taking a paper application or if I'm doing an EF, I want them on my right side. So I'm establishing control. And it's, I, I'm just, hey, y'all mind having a seat right here? I'll sit right here. I, my, my bag's big. I got a lot of stuff in there. Um, y'all can have a seat right here. And then I go right into it, and I ask this question. Tell me what you all know about mortgage protection benefits. Me personally, I stay away from the words insurance. What do you know about mortgage protection insurance? What I like to use is the word benefits. People who sign up for their new job, they always talk about the benefits of their new job, right? And that's their health insurance, life insurance but they always talk about the benefits. So I always use, remember, power words and phrases matter. Um, so I always ask, what do you all know about mortgage protection benefits? Most every time as well, it'll pay the house off in case I die. 
Yep, absolutely. And back in the day, and then I start my presentation, and I do the Sylvester presentation. If you don't, if you haven't seen it, make sure you pull it up. And we talk about the decreasing term. We talk about the annual renewable term or the ART. I go through that presentation with the accident, all of that. Then I talk about what we do, and then we get right into the nitty gritty. And I'm listening. And when I present these numbers to the client. I'm always listening and I'm watching. I will hear what you say. I will see what you're going to say before you say it because I'm a student of body language. If you see these numbers and you're leaning towards the table and, and, and you lean forward, I have your interest. If you see these numbers and you lean back, uh, now I know you're disinterested. So I'm paying attention to everything, right? And, and, and so as a state-licensed field underwriter, my job is to show you what it is, what it does, and what it costs, answer your questions, and to help you fill out the paperwork. That's my mindset, right? That's why I'm there. I'm not the tuxedo-wearing insurance agent rolling in in a, in a 300,000 Mercedes trying to slam you into something you don't want or need. So my whole mentality is from a helps, helps, helps. Every objection is an offer in disguise. You know, so if you are... If you're talking with somebody and, and they, they're just talking about payment, 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 write this down. This will help you. Uh, what you want to do is if, if you've presented the numbers and even the bottom number that you presented is not appealing, then what you want to do is you want to ask this question. Uh, what type of budget are you trying to get into? Whatever the number is they say, your next phrase is, up to what would be the limit for you? It doesn't matter what they say. Your next phrase is, and no more than, and it doesn't matter what they say. So no more than. So we've got a customer here. What type of budget are you looking for? Uh, $50 a month. Up to what would be the limit for you? Uh, $60 a month. So no more than $60. Oh, okay. So no more than $60. Right. Okay, so what have we done? We've established that we have a ballpark between 50 and 60 bucks a month or whatever they're going to say, right? So now we know if we can find a mortgage protection benefits plan that's going to be able to fit into their budget of 50 or $60, we're not going to say uh, it's only a third of your mortgage. That's not what we're going to say. We're going to talk about um, this will help protect the equity in the home if something happens. Uh, this will provide the next three years of mortgage payments, and we're going to tie it into mortgage protection based on their budget. They may have a $250,000 mortgage, but they only want to spend $50 a month, right? So that may only get them $100,000, $125,000. And these are all random numbers, guys. I'm just, I'm just using them for example. So what we're going to do is we are going to accentuate the positive, and this $100,000 uh, is going to help keep you out of foreclosure, and it's going to help you buy some time and protect the equity in the home so that you don't have to sell the house in a fire sale and give that equity away to a complete stranger. Everything comes back to benefits. We talk about living benefits. So that's kind of what I do in a nutshell. And when I'm asking for the business, I'm always asking, uh, you know, which one of these plans best suits you. Now, once they pick the plan, 
what I always like to say is, okie dokie, perfect. And I circle it. And, and then I begin the, the application process based on what they've done. Now, there's one way to get the customer to thank me for coming out to their house. One way. Ready? Congratulations on getting these benefits in place. What's the conditioned response to congratulations? The conditioned response to congratulations is thank you. So instead of saying thank you for your business, that's not my mindset. My mindset is I want to congratulate them on getting these mortgage protection benefits in place, and I want them to thank me for stopping by, right? So uh, congratulations on getting these mortgage protection benefits in place. And, this, and it doesn't matter if it's a, 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 an in-the-field appointment that you're running, eyeball-to-eyeball, eyeball, or virtual. Congratulations works the same. If I'm on the phone, hey, congratulations on getting these benefits in place. If there's anything I can do for you, don't hesitate to reach out. They're always going to say thank you. I want them to thank me. So that's, that's kind of the brief overview and reducing it to the ridiculous that if we can master these, these few things and just make it a part of our conversation, um, people want to buy. They just don't want to be sold. You know, uh, and let me leave you with this. Nobody ever walks into a grocery store and sees an Apple salesman at the grocery store. Nobody does. There's not an Apple guy going, hey, check out my red apple. Isn't it shiny? Well, you ought to taste it. It's so good and delicious. No one does that. Why? Because how hard is it to sell somebody something they came to get? The idea is these people filled out a letter put their phone numbers, the best time to call, their date of birth, and signed it and said, have somebody call me. How hard is it to help somebody get something that they contacted us to get? And with that, Dick, I'll open it up back to you. Uh, Tony, thank you very much. I hope everybody was taking some really good notes on this. Uh, one of the things that really caught my attention uh, was the body language. I think subconsciously, a lot of this stuff we we need to be more conscious of the leaning. Excuse me, the leaning forward. They're interested. Um, Bob Kidwell and I did a presentation to a bank a little over a year ago, and when we started the presentation, he was leaning reared back in his chair, which was a power power move to let me know he was not interested. He was just there to, to help me. But when we got finished, he was leaning on the desk almost in our lap. And, and I obviously picked up on that one. But guys, those are little things that make a difference. Uh, Tony, I would like for you to comment a little bit more on looking at the lead as an investment rather than an expense and looking at the lead, not only as an investment, but also getting a return on that. Share a little bit more about that with us. Uh, when, when I was in the field, uh, as Dick mentioned earlier, um, I pastor a church full-time. So uh, my situation is this. I've got about 20 hours right, a week. So for me, what I did was uh, I had a standing lead order. My lead order was only... Uh, $350, $400 a week. 
But that filled up my time where I went and ran appointments. Uh, and the numbers are the numbers. For every $100 that you spend on, uh, in leads, um, Crocker's right. All these guys who are, who, are, who are investing in their businesses with these leads, it's exactly right. For every $100 you spend, uh, you're going to write $1,000 in, in annual premium, right? So um, for me, that was the same way. I was spending uh, uh, $350, $400 a week in leads. I was going out and running my appointments. On my calls, my call days were Saturdays uh, from 9 o'clock in the morning to noon. That's what I did. I set up my Monday and Tuesday, and then uh, I was doing church work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, getting ready for Sunday, right? So that's, that's why. And then I have this glorious day called a day off, which I don't really know how to use. But anyway, um, I digress. The lead cost is not a cost. So we've got to, we've got to get away from the phrasing because, remember, words matter. So our lead investment, that's what we have to look at, uh, is uh, $1,000 for every $100 you spend. That's the annual premium that you're going to write. Um, and, and the law of average says that every time. So you may have a crocker who's doing 1000 or $1,500 a week, but look at his numbers every week. You know, he's doing, he's doing 10, 15, 18, 20 grand, right? Uh, and, and my goodness, look at, look at the zookeeper and their team. These guys are investing in their businesses, and, and they're proving that it doesn't matter whether it's in-person like Crocker or, or if it's virtual like the zookeeper's team and Elvere's team. Um, you have to invest, and in you have to see it as an investment. If you see it as I'm spending $45 or $50 on a piece of paper, man, you're going to be on suicide watch pretty quick. But if you see it as an investment, because it's all about mindset, uh, you're the CEO of your business. Equus Financial is my marketing partner, but I'm the CEO of the Bates Agency, right? So um, my friends who own car dealerships, they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in inventory and building buildings, millions when it comes to that, licensing. Uh, they, they, they have to buy equipment for their building to service what they sell. My goodness, if you wanted to get in any other business, you'd have to spend millions up front before you even sold the first thing. Here, what, we got the cost of our license, we may have our E&O, but then we get to invest in these, in these leads that we know it's a 25-year history that we can look at the track record and we know we can predict your income by looking at your activity. If you do the activity, the numbers don't lie. And, and, and so you take the pressure off of your performance and you start to pressure the process and you say, I'm going to spend $350, $400. Just start wherever you are, right? Um, and, and I'm going to invest in me and I'm going to go out here and I'm going to do the activity. I'm going to go out here and I'm going to help as many families as I can and I'm going to get paid if we're at an introductory co uh, contract, right, the 70%. I'm going to get $500 for every family I help today, and so uh, if I if I spend four hundred dollars uh, on leads, I know that I'm going to write four thousand dollars in premium this week, and I'm going to be able to take a portion of that and reinvest it in my business. And before long, before long, as as David Crocker will tell you, as Robert will tell you, Elvir, when you start getting the other twenty five percent of your commission coming in from the advance, that starts paying for your lead bill 
significantly. And before long, you're like, oh, man, I can't even believe I was freaking out over $400 a week, $500 a week, $1,000 a week, because you're investing and you're enjoying the return on your investment uh, just as much as you are enjoying helping the families. Tony, I hope everybody really uh, lets that sink down into their uh, into their soul and well-being. Uh, that comment there, and the other one, uh, another powerful phrase: words do matter. But when you made that comment about the connecting with people, and then you started off your presentation, well, John and Mary, tell me what you know about the uh, mortgage protection benefit. You know. When you when we start out, we have this tendency to take control and just run, but that phrase right there really drives home the point of how important questions are, and that simple question will tell you so much about your client, where to begin, and where to go from there. Because if they have a complete misunderstanding of what mortgage protection is, uh, you'd be surprised at how many times you're sitting with a husband and wife. She knows if he doesn't come home because of a car wreck or a heart attack, she's going to lose that house in a few months. But he's got this mindset, I don't need life insurance, it's a ripoff. So why not get that out on the table first if he says that? Well, I think it's a waste of time and money. And, uh, well, now that you know that, you can pull a Ben Feldman on him. You know, well... Let me ask you this. If you don't come home because of a car wreck or a heart attack, I know you don't believe in insurance, but do you think your family and children might believe in it if you're not here? See, this just opens up. So, guys, understanding that question. Tony, I, do, I would like to ask you one question now in closing here. You've got uh, three agents. It only takes $12,000 one month uh, in premium for each of those three agents to write something, uh, and that includes yourself, um, how do you see your team moving forward and your promotion to SM? What, what are some of your plans to get that, to make that happen uh, here in the next month? Uh, I appreciate you asking that um, because until recently, I had a, I had a paradigm shift, right? Um, I was the guy that said, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to, I'm going to go out here and, and help as many families as I can. I'll build a team later. Um, and, and I'm all about passive income. And, and so uh, there are thought processes. Well, I'm going to make sure I can do it before I introduce this to somebody else. And, you know, I don't, I, there's all these thought processes. Um, and so when it finally hit me that I'm, I'm going to, to, uh, make a concerted effort. I'm going to do recruiting activities um, and tell people about the Equus opportunity. Uh, Art and Wanda, or Wanda, I keep saying Wanda. I have some friends of mine that are Arthur and Wanda Smith, believe it or not. Art and Paula Smith, uh, they were my first two that were I went through the process, exam effects, and as a matter of fact, today, Art got his final contracting. He starts Ignite today, so we're excited about that. And then my son, my son saw what was going on in Dad's life. He was like, Dad, that's amazing, because you know what I would do? Uh, I would show him some of the deposits that were coming, 
He was like, Dad, that's amazing. Well, son, I can help you do this, right? And so he just got through his exam effects. He just got through, and he passed his um, Ohio test. And so what our team is going to do is a hybrid. They're going to go out, and they're going to produce, and they're going to go out, and, and they're going to earn their ignites. But they're also going to talk about the opportunity to their warm markets, whether it's their, their family, their friends, people in their warm market. They're going to get excited about it because we can now uh, utilize, when you totally understand how, how uh, I forget who said it, I would rather have 1% of 100 men's efforts than 100% of one man's efforts. When you totally understand that mindset, you can, you can introduce what we do, show people how to help people like we do, help people learn how to help families, and then that combined effort goes towards the bigger picture. And that's going to that's gonna help uh, our new field underwriters uh, reach their next promotion, and that's going to help them reach their next promotion, and it goes on and on. And so we are proactively uh, training on how to be a professional field underwriter, and we're also proactively training people on, on how to talk about the equus opportunity, and as, as John Kite would say, and just check interest, right? We're just checking interest with everybody we know, um, and I don't really have uh, – my crystal ball is broke, so I'm not sure, uh, you know, when I'm going into a restaurant if that waiter or waitress is going to be as good as me in, in this business. But what if I'm the opportunity knocking on their door? Opportunity knocks, and, and sometimes opportunity has a name, and it's called Tony Bates, right? And so, or, or put your name there, uh, and just check interest, and that's how we're growing. Well, you know, Tony, we can almost guarantee the people we talk about it that in the restaurant or the grocery store at the car wash are not going to be as good as us, but that's okay. They still need that same opportunity, that same chance that we have, and um, I kind of agree with John Kite. You know, it's kind of selfish on our part, at least not to share it with people. I want to take this opportunity right. to thank you at the bottom of my heart, Tony. Thank you for joining us today and sharing from your heart. It's my privilege, and I just have uh, two words. Let's go. Amen. Sounds like a plan. Okay.